All right, church fams, if you guys take a seat, that'd be awesome. Welcome to IVC. If you don't know, there's a bathroom right in this house, and there's a porta potty around the back too, so either one works. You guys doing good? God is good all the time, all the time. All right, so we're passing out some uh, little papers right now. Everyone's probably getting one in their hands, some good Bible verses. Today, we are going to do more of an open meeting, and if you don't know what that is, it means it's a time for people to come up and share, contribute, kind of what God is speaking to you through these verses, so we're going to stay in this lane here. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I kind of addressed some things with what's going on in our nation and other other sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, I just want to say, like, man, when I think about what God is doing in our nation and in the world, I'm, like, so encouraged. And hopefully others are there, too. Because <laughs> I feel like we're in a season where God is shaking things up and he's helping us to emerge as the church in all its beauty, reflecting him to this world. Uh, you know, Bible's very clear that he promised to shake everything that can be shaken. And it's such a rad time that even the church can be outside gathering together. Last week, who was here last week? It was freezing. <laughs> Maybe that's an understatement. I'm from California, so <laughs> just stay with me. But it was cold. <laughs> um, but I think that's just so much of like, we, we can get very... Um, how do I say this in a very gentle way? Uh, mm, gosh, help me. <laughs> not whiny. That's not gentle. <laughs> anyway, the call to follow Jesus was never convenient. It was never easy. It was never supposed to be a life of predictability. And sometimes we can get real comfortable when it comes to church, you know, coming to church, what we can get from church. Um, did I like the message? Did I like that worship? Which is such an interesting thought if you think it was about Jesus, but we're asking, do I like worship? Um, we can get kind of in a very much a, uh, like, let's assess this. When the church was always supposed to be the people of God coming together, encouraging one another, building each other up, reminding us of Jesus. And so I'm just thankful. Like, I'm really thankful that we could just gather outside together as God's people. Amen? Amen. So John 10, 27, very familiar verse for some of you. Jesus saying this, my sheep hear my voice. They know me, they follow me. And what to me that means is that everyone, everyone can hear the voice of God. It's not for the elite. It's not for pastors. It's not for special people that everyone has direct access because of what Jesus did on that cross 2000 years ago. It says he opened up a new and living way that we would have direct access to God and can talk to God face to face. Hallelujah. That is super good news. <laughs> I know we're not from the Old Testament, but this is super good news that we can actually talk to our Father face to face. And I believe uh, that, that the church was meant to be people who receive from God and then give it away. And Paul's telling Timothy here, I'm just going to read one verse to here uh, in 1 Timothy 4. He's saying, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. And uh, let me just say it one more time. 
devote yourself to the public reading of the scripture, of the word of God. And so there's something about devoting, not just like doing it once in a while, but actually making it more of a lifestyle where you're actually reading the word of God out loud and you're letting the spirit of God speak through his very word. And I think we're in an hour, guys, and I say this as sober as possible, that God's people need to be in the word more than ever. There's so many other messages and things being told to us right now that we need actually truth. And I'm thankful for other books. I'm thankful for other, you know, people sharing sermons. But there's nothing like getting a word from God directly. Amen, amen. It's rad when, like, God can speak through someone else. But when God speaks to you directly through the word of God, like, no one can ever take that from you. It goes right to the heart. So if we can welcome up Demis. So we're going to read the NIV side. Some of you are like, no, the message, come on. (laughs) Maybe we'll do both. We'll see. But for sure we're doing the NIV. All right, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in, a, in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Amen, dude. We should clap for the word of God. (laughs) Such a good word. All right. Other side is the message. And this is like more of a paraphrase. And so I'm just going to let someone else read this, but just follow along. He took on the status of a slave. You got this. Chapter two. (laughs) If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. 
Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. Became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. Rejoicing together. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in response of obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. Even if I am executed here and now, I'll rejoice in being an element in the offering of your faith that you make on Christ's altar, a part of your rejoicing. But turnabout's fair play. You must join me in my rejoicing. Whatever you do, don't feel sorry for me. Woo! Let's go. (laughs) All right, guys. So I'm going to just open this up. And uh, as the spirit leads, you know, just feel free to come up here. I uh, could just share out of kind of something that's speaking to you. I mean, there's some crazy verses in here, verses that would literally transform nations if we applied them. Um, and you've heard me say this before. If you haven't, here's your first five Bs. When you come up, be brief, baby, be brief. So this probably isn't your time to give your whole sermon, but you can give a part of that if it's on you. Um, and, you know, I never worry about open meetings because I, I have no, like, shame in coming to take the mic out of your hand if you're going too long or you're way off. I'm like, holo, you're talking about, like, all that wildness? Come on back. <laughs> but, hey, if you could just stay with these passages. There's so much to talk about God, but let's just stay within this lane. Sound cool? Cool. And, again, I just want to encourage some of you are like, well, I don't do the public speaking. I don't share Honestly, this see this is like a living room. This is should be the safest place. You can't make mistakes at church. God loves you. You don't need to bring some profound thing. You're just like, I got this, you know, in the night when I was sleeping, I woke up, then I read this, and it was like, if you got that, please share it. Um, but it could just be, dude, God just been speaking this one verse. This is rad. This is how it's working in my life. Sound cool? Okay. I'm just gonna leave it. Actually, somewhat the JB house. I already felt that on my heart when I was sitting there. Who's coming up from JB home? We're starting with you guys. I will call out one of you as I just wait on the Lord for a name. (laughs) 
All right, Meredith, where are you? Are you here? Yeah, because that's the first name. No, you're just, it's fine. You're going to come up and pray for our time and just start us off. Come on up, Meredith. You got this. So Mike was calling it out too. So sweet. Thank you, Mike. I needed that. So then she doesn't think I'm a jerk, you know. You can just pray, okay? This mic feels like, you knew it too? Yes, God. Love you guys. All right, Jesus, we just thank you for this time. Um, you know, I just ask that you would put messages that are on your heart on our hearts, God. Would our ears be open and our minds be open to learn? Would we um, take this mic with humility um, and just be willing to stay teachable? Yeah, we thank you for this time. Amen. Hello. Um, well, I love that Meredith just came up because I'm going to talk about her. Um, you know, I think, I think it's interesting because it's like, okay, how do we apply this? Like, okay, Paul says, think of others high, more highly than yourself and like kind of invest in others and see their dreams before your, yours, you know, and like put them before you. And I think that's a quality I love actually about Meredith is like, like she is stoked on like my ideas, other people's ideas. Like, I feel like whenever I'm with Meredith, I'm just like, I say something that I'm like, I don't know. It's like, cool, I guess. And she's like, yes, let's do it. I'm down. Like, and it fuels and it creates this sort of energy and you just kind of want to do it and you want to, you actually want to go. And it's like, I think there's something in that to learn is like, oh, let's like get stoked on each other's ideas. There's this like thing I learned in some job I did right out of college. Um, it was like kind of a leadership training thing. And the phrase was the genius is in the room. And it's sort of this idea of like, when you're in a meeting, don't think of yourself as like, okay, I'm coming to bring the, the, the greatest idea, the, the biggest thing. It's actually look at other people and be like, oh, someone in here is smarter than me and has a better idea than I do. And I'm going to find it and I'm going to dig into that. Uh, Hi, I'm Jamie. Um, okay, that's good. Um, okay. I might get a little like voice shaky because that happens when I talk in front of people. So I've been thinking about this a lot since Dan Muller came because, wow, that was like so transformative, all the things he was saying. And this is like definitely related to so much of what he teaches with identity. And like I've been learning, see there it goes. <laughs> um, I've been learning a lot about like identity in Christ and finding that like means that you die to yourself. And that has been something that like I've heard over and over when I grow up in the church or since I've grown up in the church, but it didn't really mean a whole lot to me until like I realized like when you find your fullness of self in Christ, you can only have abundant life in that if you aren't self-centered at all. And like your motives don't come from you know, trying to serve yourself, but only to serve the Lord. And I just think that that is like so life changing and life giving. And like, especially in relationships with each other, like when you like are hurt or like, that's okay to feel hurt. But like, if you're offended and it ruins your day, that's just like taking away from like what you can 
like the love of Christ in you can provide for other people. If you're just bummed out and man, I'm having such a bad day and I'm not going to like love people. Well, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just going on and on, but my, my, (laughs) my point being like, it's crazy that we can be like so limited to, um, like our circumstances when God is calling us to be so much higher, um, if we're just not focused on ourselves. So yeah, that's all. My name is Paul. My heart is beating at like 150 beats a minute. That's, I think that's the Holy Spirit, but sometimes I wish he'd manifest in other ways. Um, you know, Jason and I actually met up about a week ago and we were talking about uh, everything that's going on right now. And it just seems like everybody's got something to say and people are kind of just talking their heads off and uh, are really starving for position and status and authority. And I've been thinking about this all week, and I, I really do think at the core of this, there's this pure desire that people have for uh, influence and to have a place to belong. And I, just in general, those two things are something that I think Generation Z is really crying out for, and uh, in addition to authenticity. Um, but as we talked, I mean, we we kind of just were discussing this idea of the humility of Jesus and the way of Jesus and how not too many people are embracing that even in the church. And it's just something that we need, uh, that we all need to put on. Right. And so when I think about that desire that people have for authenticity, influence and a place to belong, which really is just kingdom family, um, those pure desires all have humility at their foundation. Right. I think kingdom family is marked by, uh, marked by humility in the way that you can uh, seek to understand and you can listen and not have to always uh, not have to always be right and you can meet and gather and love people whether you agree with them or not Um, influence I I think is another huge one we don't I think people have a hard time imagining how humility uh, leads to influence but the kingdom leadership model is is bottom up right the leader is actually supposed to be the servant of everybody And I I think just in Jesus's time and our time and everything in between, there's been no difference The the world system is to like to cut each other down and to climb on top of each other uh, to get on top. But really uh, the leaders, true leaders and good leadership actually empower people. And so I think we just need humble spiritual mothers and fathers who, uh, to the person who shared before me, I forgot your name, uh, but to your credit, you know, I think being others focused, not being so worried about our own position and our own promotion, uh, but rather getting under people and propelling them into what they're called to do is, is just so important in today's time. And I think that's really how we're going to, um, actually influence the world and bring, uh, the love of Jesus to transform, uh, not only people, but our world systems and cultures and bring, the redemption that is uh, in Jesus for every aspect of society. And so that's just been on my heart lately. I figured I would, I would share that. And so hope that blesses you and encourages you all to walk in humility and the true power and love of Jesus. What is up guys? Thanks. Shout out to Jason for letting me borrow his jacket. Came straight from a hike and he's like, Ooh, it's about to get cold. So appreciate that. 
Yeah. So thinking back about last week, immediately after Jason's sermon, I got messaged like three people and was like, Hey man, like, or (laughs) I'm really sorry for all the political crap arguments that we've been getting in. Like, it's all about Jesus. Like, I appreciate your heart. Like, it was like, Oh, I needed that so badly. And I think this, there's something to say about like in this verse, right? When like Christ came, he could have so easily just like showed up to like the biggest synagogue, all the synagogues and just been like, here's what you guys all think. Here's all my, I'll just create fire. Boom. Like that. Here's, here's actually how it works. This is actually, I'm right. You guys are wrong. And when we look at that, we see like the goal isn't to be right, right? Like I could have the perfect theology. I could have the whole entire Bible memorized. I could have everything down pat, but at the end of the day, it's not about being right. And even if our ideas and our theology are better implemented in society and in churches and things like that, it's the, the, that's actually not the purpose. Like the purpose is actually transformation. Jesus came for transformation internally and letting that internal uh, power then go out and transform through love on individual relationships. So I think it's so easy in these times as a church to, to grumble and to argue, you know, things that Paul so clearly says, you know, don't do that so that you can, you know, children of God without fault in a warped and a crooked generation so that you will shine among them like stars in the skies you, uh, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And I question on myself is, 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 do I want my legacy? Do I want my legacy as it relates to the church and my impact on the body of Christ to be, um, purity and living and being like Jesus? Or do I want it to be my ideas influencing people? And it really is actually the, 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 the former, which is, or the latter, sorry, I get confused with those two sometimes. But the first one, which is I want I want it to be where it's, I think I hope our, our goal of this is, is that we can come together and reshift our focus in this season and let our cry and let the, the trumpets and the sound of our lives be so in line with Jesus. Like I think the message that the world needs to hear isn't all of us having a consistent theological and a consistent political idea. It's actually a consistent gaze on Jesus, a consistent uh, adoration, a consistent love that will actually be the witness to the world, not, hey, look, we're all together in this political idea. It's actually, hey, we're also uh, just convinced that Jesus is the only way, that Jesus is life itself. And I just, um, yeah, I've just been thinking so much about that because it's so easy to start thinking that other things other than Jesus will bring transformation, but only Jesus can do that. Our ideas, our, our earthly ideas, our earthly strategies, whether it's through evangelism or, oh man, if only we had this, this political thing in place or whatever, then this. But the reality is no, it's like, it's, it's all about Jesus. It's about him. It's about us claiming him king. And, um, and yeah, bless you guys. Hi everyone. I'm Lena. Um, (laughs) Um, during worship, I was just like worshiping and I saw this word, 
Um, I had never seen it before. It's this word called kanash. Um, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I go to Westmont, but not that. Um, and so I looked it up, and it's this uh, word that means to gather or to bring together. And it's used in Daniel 3. And so I just really quickly like looked through that. Um, and here it is. And it says, um, the Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together. That's the word. The princes and the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image to which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And so it was this idea that they had gathered everyone together so that they could lay down and uh, be part of culture. They were gathered. They were riled up. They wanted to be part of something. They wanted to bow down to what was not God. That was certainly evil. And, uh, you know, we all know the story, probably. The three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they came forward and they did not bow down to culture. They did not go beyond the hype. The hype was not real for them. They listened and looked into the eyes of who the true God was and knew truth. And so further on in, in Daniel 3, it uses that word again. But it talks about how the satraps and everyone, the magistrates and all the rulers were assembled and they came and they gathered around that word and saw in regard to these men, the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their head singed, nor the trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. So that same word that was used to gather these people to this evil cultural thing that was going on that was just so hyped up and people just wanted to bow down to it they also saw the glory of God and they were gathered together. And I think that's such a word for right now. I think culture, I don't know if you guys feel it, but I just feel this hype, this kind of growing intensity and anxiety to go and to bend to what people are saying to do and, and to not think for yourself, to not listen to God, to not be in the word, just, you know, I, uh, I don't know, just so much going on. But instead, like as we look into his eyes and we gaze into the person who gives us life, who breathes life into us, then we will know and be truly gathered together. That's what I hope for all of us. Just blessing on that. Yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm um, So before I came here today, I was just telling my buds about this book that I was reading. Um, it's all about these um, just different plants. And it's written by a female indigenous author. Um, she's also a botanist. And she's telling about... Um, the chapter that I was in was about strawberries and literally just the gift of strawberries. And the way that she put it is absolutely so stunning. And she was like, let me look at my notes. So I was thinking about the verse, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And basically what she was saying is like, um, strawberries are like a gift from God to us. Um, and so these gifts, like if we took them and we gave them for profit, it's like no longer a gift. And so if we're like, like we agree, like Jesus dying on the cross is a complete gift from God. And if we're taking these things and then being like, oh, I'm going to go do this and try and get to the top. It's like, oh, you're actually turning that. It's not a gift anymore as soon as you start using it for profit. So if you take the gift of Christ for profit, it's no longer a gift to you. You're actually unable to share the gift because it's not being received as one. And so if you're not being good steward of love and you're using all of these different things to just make it to the top, it's not actually a gift anymore. So, yeah, I hope you find some beauty in that. Hi, friends. Um, I'll take this off so it's easier to hear. Um, I'm going to read the part that stood out to me in the message version. It says, what I'm getting at, friends, 
Oh, wait, nope, not that part. The one right below. Do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night, so all have a good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. Um, yeah, I just thought that was, it, like, that has been on my heart, mainly because it's like when you pray for people, and I, I remember a while ago, I was, like, praying for my dad, who's not a believer, and my brothers, and I just asked God for strategy, and he's like, I've heard you. I, like, you have to believe me now. And so, like, it was crazy, because I was like, so you mean stop praying for them? And he's like, well, kind of. Um, basically, to be like, believe me when I said that this is happening, and now live your life like it's true. Live your life the way I've called you. Live your life with your eyes on me so that they see it, so that they know that like your life, you're living proof, you're a breath of fresh air, so that when they see everything else going on, you didn't change. Your life is still a miraculous like Jesus story. And that you didn't have to pray for my healing. You didn't have to. I mean, that's all amazing. But like, you know, I would come up with all these things in my head of what I should do to be able to make them see that Jesus is real. And Jesus is like, just live your life loving me and be obsessed with me and they'll see me. And so I think that was a great, like, even word just about the strawberries. And just to say, like, when it's just this unadulterated, uncorrupted love of like you receiving from Jesus and you just living out of that, people can tell, people can taste, people can see and they can smell how real that is and like that's that's the best kind of evangelism I think that's the best kind of promise to know like this none of this is in vain you know like this is this is all for that purpose of just like being loved by Jesus living out love by Jesus and people will see like okay that's that's the real deal and, and sometimes I think we want to tell the message to people but like this is saying right here that we just need to be the message and show the message by living it out um that that's way more powerful than words so yeah hi i'm clark um i was stewing for a second and i was like i don't know if this is me overthinking whether or not i should speak or if that's god being like come on come on, come on. but i'm just gonna take the leap of faith and just share what i think god wants um so we kind of have this consistent theme that everyone's sharing, which is like basically counting others is more important than yourself and also not seeking glory in the world but from god um, and one thing that pops in my mind is just a, I'm going to share a little snippet of like my testimony of when I started following the Lord. Um, it was back when I was right before senior year of high school. Um, long story short, I was playing football, trying to do music, about to get ready to apply to colleges, all this stuff. My friends talked me into coming to the summer camp. They're like, Oh, it's going to change your life. And I was like, yeah, maybe, but it sounds fun. So I went and we were going through Philippians and I, Grew up in the church, but never read my Bible except for Philippians 4.13. So it was like really cool that God made that the message. I always looked at it as like, I can do anything because I'm a Christian. That means God will bless what I want. <laughs> God was like, no, no, no. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> but anyways, so we started going through Philippians. Um, and it was just like unraveling like everything that I thought I knew about being a Christian and about following Jesus. And Long story short, through through this chapter, as well as I think it's Philippians 3 that follows where Paul talks about like not boasting in the world, but he's basically like, oh man, I live basically like a perfect, according to the law, like a perfect life, but that thing's totally rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. So basically, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting in the skate park on a half pipe, and I was faced with this question after reading this these verses, 
Um, cause I felt this big mantle in my life for leadership and to do all these great things. My parents were always like, Oh, you're going to do all these cool things. And I felt this pressure to be like this really great, like a great man. Um, and to have that legacy in my life. And so after reading this, I get totally like, man, this is crazy. I, I don't even know what to think of this. I basically asked God, I said, God, I feel this pressure in my life, I feel this expectation to be a great man, but I'm reading this and I'm thinking about other things that I know from the Bible and I feel like I'm missing something. So God, I want to know, what does it take to be a great man? And in that moment, Jesus came and he sat next to me. Um, I can go into more detail if you're curious about what that was like, but really crazy moment. Jesus sits next to me and he leans over and he, he says to my face, he goes, stop seeking greatness in the eyes of those around you and start seeking greatness in my eyes. And in an instant, my whole life just kind of like made sense. And I was like, wow, that's it. That's what I'm missing. My life is for him now. It's just naturally, if I want fulfillment out of my life, if I want to be a great man, I need to pick up my cross and go with him. Um, and luckily, because I really loved music, I was like, well, God, what does that look like? He's like, well, what do you like to do? And I was like, music. He's like, cool. What if you made music for me now? I was like, yeah, that sounds good. You're really great. Music's really great. Let's put them together. <laughs> um, but so he says, stop seeking greatness in the eyes of those around you. Seek greatness in my eyes. Well, what is greatness? So it says later, um, I left my pamphlet down there and I don't have my Bible on me, so bear with me. But it says later how Christ laid down his life. He didn't consider his godhood as important enough that he needed to hold on to it. He said, you know what? This is who I am, but also I love you guys so much that I'm going to cast that aside to lay down my life. Out of his obedience to what God was asking of him, says that God in his reverence, right, lifted Christ up from the grave and put everything under his feet. And now Jesus is the king of everything that ever was. So we have this basis for obeying God leads to being lifted up and reaping a lot of great godly reward. And that's amazing. So if we want to be obedient to God, what does that look like? Well, when they asked Jesus, they said, Lord, teacher, whoever you are, um, what are the two greatest commandments? And Jesus responded in this order, love the Lord God with all your mind, body, heart, soul, everything that you are. And then immediately followed that with love others like you would love yourself. And so as we're talking about counting others as more important to ourselves, just to kind of put a little bow, I guess, on what everyone else has already shared, what does loving somebody else look like? Well, later Paul tells us that there is no greater love than to lay your life down for somebody else. There's no greater love than to lay your life down for your brother or your sister. So just as we kind of go forward in this new era, I know a lot of these talks are kind of coming out of just like a crazy few months, crazy few weeks. Um, just bearing that in mind and asking God, all right, God, in what way can I lay myself down for my brothers and my sisters today? Trusting that God is our security and he's our foundation. He's not going to let us become a doormat. Like that's not God's will, by the way. I think sometimes we can look at this and we can go, all right, well, my life is worthless compared to making sure everyone else feels like they have worth. And we become a doormat. People walk over us. We become passive, passive aggressive. We start to bottle things up. We let people do whatever they want, have their way in our lives. No, no, no. God does not want that for you. But what he does want is for you to have humility and say, I know who I am. I know what I'm worth. I can set boundaries, all that stuff. But also when I come into disagreement with my brother or my sister, where we don't see eye to eye, I can lower myself and I can say, hey, Mark, we might not agree on vaccines, but you are more important than me. <laughs> and you're more important than that. And it's, it's also this thing, as the leadership team, we've been reading this book, this is my last thought, called Rare Leadership. And there's this big emphasis on this idea and it ties into this. Counting a relationship is bigger than the problem. 
So that's a very practical thing, and I'll just kind of leave it there. Whenever you're with your housemates or you're in a relationship, you got family, and there's stuff going on, there's like conversations to be had, I think counting others is more important than yourself simply looks like, man, this relationship is more important than the problem that's at hand. And if we kind of keep that mindset and lay our lives down in that way, we'll see a lot of fruit. We'll make more friends. I don't know. Just see a lot of fruit in the kingdom and God's goodness. And that's what it's all about. So, amen. Hi. Oh, wow. That's loud. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, I kind of just wanted to share something that was like on my heart. And I'm like, gonna, we're going to see if I can formulate it into words that you can understand. But um, I feel like I, I, everyone's going through such a hard time right now. And I feel like that's not a leap to say at all. I feel like everybody has a lot of things going on in their personal life. Um, and pain is really hard to kind of like think about, process through, open up to people about. Um, and I kind of just like, I had like two, two pictures happening of like what could happen in pain. And like God kind of like saying like, hey, one of, one of them like it calls for deeper humility and one of them isn't humility at all. Um, one of them being like, and I'm guilty of this and I've, it's like, it's such a, it's such a good learning point from the Lord that I was just like, I feel like when I was going through like a pretty hard time, I was just like, nobody understands me. Like nobody understands the pain that I'm going through. And like, I know pain and other people don't know pain. And like, oh, like all of these things. And it's just very like, it's just all about me. Like when I think that way, it's all about me. It's not about anybody else around me. It's not even about connecting with God. It's not even about being humble. It's not even about praying. It's not even about asking for grace. It's all about just saying, oh, woe is me. And nobody understands. And like, I, and then there's a weird sort of pride in that. And you kind of like walk around and you can't connect with people and you just like dismiss people so easily. And like, that is just not the heart of God. And I just feel like that's the, and there's no shame if you, if, if you do that, if you have done that, like I've done that, God was just kind of like showing me, he was just like, that just requires humility. Like just pray for a soft heart, read my word. Like, what do I have to say about my children? Like your problems are not the end all be all. Like your problems are kind of nothing. Like in the grand scheme of like the problems of the world. Like when Jason was like talking about like, we're only 4% of the, like we're only 4% of the population of the earth. Like that's insane to think about. Um, and so like the Lord was just kind of encouraging me, like Krista, like you need to like get lower and like ask deeper questions. You need to ask like for the people around you. You need to start praying for the people around you. And like, I actually started seeing people as humans again because I stopped seeing people as humans and I just couldn't connect. Um, and so like, I don't know if, if you're in that boat, I just want to encourage you that there's no shame around that. It's just saying like, okay, God, like teach me how to be teachable and like open my heart back up. Let me be soft. Let me be malleable. Um, the other one is when you process pain, it's like, oh, nobody understands me. I like, I have so much going on. Like I am not as good as everybody else around me. I like everybody else is better than me. I don't have it figured out. I'm a mess. Like I can't even reach out to people because I don't even know who I am and all of these things. And I just want to like, like, you know, that is not humility. Like that is just, those are just lies from the enemy. Um, and like, I feel like just the enemy wants to come in and like force false humility on people and like make them think like, oh, you know what? You should be hiding in a corner. You should not be speaking about this. Like if there's someone out there today that's like, I want to come up and share, but I can't because I'm still in the middle of my process. That's a lie. Um, and like, honestly, that's just like, God wants to work in your mess and wants to work. What humility is, is like, 
all right, like I am not perfect and I don't have anything figured out, but like God is good and like I want to glorify God and like God will be glorified through my pain and through all of the gaps in my spirit, you know? Um, And so I don't know. So if you're in that boat, I just want to encourage you, like humility would look like opening up to your like closest friends around you, asking for like discipleship or mentorship and just like asking God, like, okay, like where am I believing that I'm humble, but I'm actually just afraid. Um, And so I just bless Everybody out there that's been going through a hard time, God loves you a lot. And we out there. Hi. Well, my name is Paris, and I kind of grew up in a bubble my whole life. Um, I didn't understand other people's circumstances or what they were going through just because I only knew the small world of Orange County and nothing really above that. Um, And I was part of this charity, and we worked with a woman who got out of prison. And so... Again, my whole life I thought that they were like these criminals and that they deserved to be there and that they deserved all the time that they spent there. And then I realized after talking to them that they're just human and that they sometimes go through things where they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I became super close with some of them. And I realized like this one woman, she literally was just in a car with someone who shot another person. She didn't know that she was what was going on and she went to jail for life. And it's just this idea that sometimes we judge people based off of like what's written on their head and what's told about them. Like, Oh, we don't like these people because of their political beliefs or, Oh, we don't like these people because of what they believe in religiously. And it's like, we have to stop those stigmas and stop those ideas because people are more than just that word. People are more than just what they went through in life because you don't know how they were raised. You don't know who their parents were. You don't know, anything else. You just know that one word. And I think that if we just take that away and we understand that we're from Jesus and we're supposed to love other people, you'll become so much like full of so much more love than hate. And no one deserves that hate because of that one situation that they went through because of how they were raised or because what they were told growing up, like just love other people. And if you do that, like you're doing God's will. Good word, Paris. Good word. So if this paper went on, you would drop down a few more verses to Philippians 2.21, and it says, they all seek after their own entrance, but not those of Christ Jesus. And so just let that sit in. You know, the world and just the ways that we're raised and whatnot says, look out for you. But Jesus is always saying, hey, look out for others. Look out for those around you. And, you know, we we're talking with some of the JB guys this week, I was, and, you know, we we're talking about growing up in Christ, and Paul saying, well, as a child, he used to think like a child, reason like a child, speak like a child. When I became a man, I did away with the childish things. And, you know, when something goes wrong in life, children, the first thought is, how does this affect me? Uh, the first thought of fathers and mothers as we grow up is, how does this affect us and those around us? And I really believe this is a season for the church to grow up for us to look around on what's going on, to even shift some of our prayer life for others and for people and for our nation and just move into this place that God's inviting us to grow up in Christ. And you've heard me say this before, but we, we can't just push out fruit. You can't like strain and <clears throat> there comes out fruit in your life. Like that's just a sucky way to live life. You're white knuckling it. You're trying to be a Christian, trying to be love. The way that this actually works is we just look at the person who is love. (laughs) We look at the one who's full of the spirit and his name's Jesus. And Jesus could have described himself in so many ways 
so many ways when he wanted to bring it down to an earthly understanding of this is who I am. And he described himself in some wild ways. I'm light. I'm a door. You know, I'm, I mean, there's some crazy ways Christ talks about himself. But when he wanted to bring it into human terms, he said this about himself. And it's only one time you're going to find it in all scripture. But he says, I'm gentle and I'm meek and I'm lowly. I'm lowly of heart. And if you come to me, there's actually rest for the soul. And so I just want us to hear that, guys. The one we're talking about, the one we're worshiping, the one we're following, he's actually meek. He's lowly. He's humble. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And we want to just catch the revelation. This is who our Jesus is. And the more that you see the humble one and the meek one and the lowly one, you get invited into dropping a little bit lower for the people around you. Water always finds the lowest place. Come home. We're thirsty people. You want, you want the living water? Just drop a little lower, and there it is. The water's always running there.